1: 18- Good morning, Jeff. Hey, good morning. Jeff and everybody at Hemsley & Associates is available to help you with child support, custody, divorce, spousal support, father's rights, guardians, guardianship, grandparents' rights. And he's in the studio now to answer your questions. If you have a question for Jeff, you can call at 460-KMOD. Or you can email or text if you'd like. And we got a couple emails earlier today, and this right. says, I'm currently in a divorce where my wife is ignoring court-appointed visitation and using protective orders and the manipulation of police to attempt to justify her keeping our daughter away from me. What can I do? Well, you know, we see this a lot. We've seen
2: a lot of Will people. Will you explain that, though? What does that well, mean? He's, okay. She's manipulating police. How is she able to even get away with that? I'm not sure about that part, but let me talk about the, the, P, the protective order part. We see a lot of people, whether they be male or female, although predominantly, at least in my experience, it's been females blocking men from uh, visitations through POs. Basically, they file crap. I mean, things that just aren't true. Uh, and what happens is is that blocks the individual right then and there from having their visitation. Now, the good part about the way the system works is is that you're supposed to have a show-cause hearing afterwards to show cause to the court as to why the protective order should stay in place, The problem is, is that sometimes that protective order, the judge will leave it in place and it'll roll forward, meaning that it'll stay in place until the case is completed. Now, different counties have different rules. For example, like uh, Tulsa County, we've got a rule that says if you've got a child on the protective order, you've got 20 days to go and get an emergency custody order, or the child automatically comes off the protective order. So that's something that Tulsa County has put in place to prevent that. Other counties don't handle that the same way, and so it really just depends. It's... Unfortunately, you know, the, the PO rules and regulations have changed over the years to make it such that people can't use this as often. But unfortunately, we're still seeing it quite a bit used against people to block them from visitations. And the problem with that is, is until you get a show cause hearing to get it dismissed, you're kind of screwed. I mean, it's it's a twofold problem. I mean, if they're denying before the protective orders in place, you've got to file a uh, application for contempt. Or an, and a motion to enforce visitation, but once the PO's in place, then you've got to get it to a hearing to get those kids off so you can start having visitation again. It's a nasty tool that gets used way too often, in my opinion.
1: So what happens is the custody's been agreed to or temporary custody's been Correct. agreed, right? and the mother isn't happy with it because she's bitter or for whatever Whatever reason. the rule is, yeah. Yes, Reasonably. or the father, and, and in this case the mother, and she calls in a restraining order, a protective order, and they grant an emergency one until the hearing, Correct. All right, and then the judge at that hearing decides whether to uphold it or not. Correct. And usually,
2: it, that happens pretty quick. The, the emergency usually, one hearing happens pretty quickly. Well, I mean, the emergency one, you go down and you can write on anything you want to write it down, any say anything you want to say, and the judge typically, out of abundance of caution, will grant it. And that's why we have a show cause hearing later within a certain number of days, uh, so that they can figure out if it truly is a protective order that needs to stay in place or not. So. You know, what I'm trying to do more and more is is to push those POs as fast as we can to get to a show cause simply because we don't need those in place at times. So um, it's just, it's it's a nasty deal. And so your advice to this guy would be to call you guys so right. you can push that PO um, hearing up. Right. And, you know, I would also file applications and some other things simply because if she's done this multiple times, and we see this a lot, you'll see sometimes in a case they'll do it three or four times. Well. After some point, they need to start paying for what they're doing because obviously it's a ploy, in my opinion. Uh, This is a text that came in, and this is interesting. What does a lien on child support mean? Typically what will happen is when you owe back child support and you're not current on the amount that you owe, they will file a lien of some sort, whether that be, for example, if you're in a car wreck and you're getting ready to take it to a court hearing, they'll put a lien on the money that you get from your settlement or from the court hearing, Uh, They can put a lien on, um, typically it's called the levy, they can levy your bank account, meaning they'll put a hold on your bank account and any money, they'll grab as much money as they can that that is owed by you out of that account, depending on how much money is in that account. So um, basically it's just grabbing the money and saying, hey, we've got a lien saying you've got a back support and it's owed and you need to pay it up and this is how we're going to take it, whether you like it or not. All right, so do you guys have a question for Jeff? 460-KMOD. You can also
1: text BMMS and what the question is to 82945. Jeff, this says, if you are the
2: father and you give up your parental rights, do you still have to pay child support? Well, remember, this can only be done through an adoption um, or through the state taking your rights, but typically the answer is no. Child support moving forward, once you give up your rights, are no longer owed. Now the back support is still owed unless it's waived by the other party in some way. So, forward moving, no, you do not owe back support. If it's still owed, is still owed unless the other party waives it at some point. Nine one eight four six zero K M O D. You can also call. Uh, I'm sorry, you can call
1: and you can text B M M S and then whatever that would be to eight two nine four five. A lot of people when they contact us, they think the proceedings for things like this are quick. And they're just not, and that they're has not. zero to do with you or your case. Correct. It has to do with the
2: clogged system. Well, yeah, exactly. And and there are certain things that are fairly quick, for example, like emergency hearings or something like that. But as a general rule, you know, a divorce, this is what I tell people when they come in, Okay. Divorce can be as quick as 90 days or it can be as long as two and a half, three years. It just depends on the parties. And the reason I say 90 days is because if there's children involved, there's a 90-day statutory period that says you have to wait before the judge will sign off on an agreed decree. Now, Tulsa County, they don't give waivers on that 90 days. That's been my experience, and that's pretty much their hard and fast rule. Uh, Smaller counties, depending upon the case, we can sometimes get a waiver of that 90 days. Um, if you're unmarried, you can, or excuse me, if you are if you don't have any children, you can get it done with as fast as 10 days under the statute. But, you know, every case is different. You know, if you want to drag this thing out, it can get dragged out. It's difficult. If you've got multiple businesses and we've got to have evaluators come in and all these other things, it can take a long time. So it just, I wish our system was quicker. I really do. Um, and it can be quicker if the parties just get along and make good choices rather than throwing their egos up and, and, and saying, screw you. So, I mean, there's a throwing lot of different. Yeah, I didn't want to say it, but I mean, it, it's, I'll say it. <laughs> it, it's, it's everybody's case can go as fast or as slow as they want to. And, and what I mean by that is, is that the more reasonable and respectful you are to one another, the less time and the less money it takes, the more hateful, contentious, ridiculous, stupid, and ignorant. You want to be with one another, the more time it takes, the more money it takes because Typically, there's more hearings and more motions and all sorts of things. So it just it really is dependent upon the parties. Jeff Hensley is joining us from Hensley & Associates. Anything from divorce,
1: child support, spousal support, any of those things. Mike is on the phone about child support. Mike, you're on with Jeff Hensley. Go ahead with your question.
3: Yeah, I was just wondering um, if uh, my girl filed for child support, um, could they take the money out of my bank account for my taxes or am I am I good?
2: You've got two co- things there. You said bank account and taxes. Now, if are you and your girl living together or no? Yes. Okay. She can't file for child support when you're living together. It doesn't work that way. As long as you guys are, are living together, uh, she well, can't... we live
3: together, but we're not together.
1: You, you live together at one point, but you no longer reside together.
3: Right.
2: Okay, I misunderstood. I thought you were currently living together right now.
3: No, no. Okay. Like we were okay. living okay. together, we're not
2: at the moment. No, no. I get, I get it. I get it now. I, I'll, I'll wake up. My Red Bull hasn't kicked in yet. <laughs> so, um, yes, she can go after child support. What they'll do is, is they'll look and see. I mean, first of all, child support has to be established. They need to figure out. They're going to pull you in for a hearing um, at DHS, and they're going to look through, look at your income and her income, and they're going to come up with a calculation. Um, depending upon how long you've been separated, they may try and figure out some back child support. I mean, if there's back support owed, can they lever your bank account? Yes. Is there, if there's back support owed, can they grab your tax refund? Absolutely. I mean, they have this massive computer that uh, literally looks for social security numbers 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so when those things come through, they will grab that money if there's back support owed, but only if there's back support. If there's no back support they won't grab anything. They don't have any reason to. But if you owe back support, there is a possibility they will levy your bank account if they find that you have one, and they will also grab your tax refund. So um, that is always a possibility, yes. Mike, are you current? They may uh, not have an order yeah. yet.
3: Do
2: you have an order in right. place?
3: Uh, no, not not currently, but here soon, yes.
2: And okay. how, how long
1: have you guys not uh, not been together? Just a couple months. I
2: mean, you may have a couple so, months owed she, there. I,
3: but but if she uh, doesn't, I mean, do I have, like, is it up to her if I pay the back pay or not?
2: Well, but, I mean, the she, past has, few she, has, she has the right to waive that back support back if, back. She, if she so chooses, but she has to be the one to do that. DHS can't do it. They don't have the right to do it. It's, it's up to the person, what we call the obligee, the person that the money is owed to. Um, they have that right to to waive any back support and interest involved in that. Um, the only time that they can't waive, and I, I wanted to be clear about this, the only time that, that a person can't waive is if there's money that's owed to the state. And what I mean by that is is if you've used sooner care, if you've used DHS Daycare Assistance, if you've done TANF or any of these other things, and there's money owed, because that's state money that's being used, you have to pay that back. So if there's money owed to the state, they can't waive that. So in other words, let's say that there's, Five thousand in arrears, three thousand of it is interest and in actual money owed to her, and the remaining two thousand is owed to the state. She can waive the three, but she can't waive the two. Because that's actual money owed okay. to the state that you would have to pay. So it there's always that caveat and I want people to understand that. They sometimes you can get these huge amounts, but when there's state money used, they have to pay that back no matter what.
1: Okay. All right, Mike, you. good luck, man. Thanks, man. I love y'all. Love you too, man. See you later. Uh Scott. I can't think that says Scott. sorry. Scott is on with custody question. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good, man. What's Morning. your question for Jeff?
3: All right, Jeff. My daughter is 17. She'll be 18 next year, and she does not want to live with her mom anymore. And um, So I'm going to be doing a motion to modify after her junior year. Okay. And um, my question is, if the motion to modify goes through, do I have to request child support for the next you know six months or whatever that depends am i going to be stuck with
2: it well you're not going to owe if she lives with you okay if if you get custody and the child lives with you you're not going to owe any child support the question is 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 she going to owe? well i mean she's going under the rules she's going to owe but you have the choice to say hey i don't want that with one caveat like i said earlier if there's state money that's been used or you're using sooner care uh sometimes dhs has an interest in the case and they're going to say no, you can't do that, and it's going to be owed. So, now that doesn't mean that—that right. that doesn't mean that she doesn't. She, she can owe you, she can pay you, and you could pay it back to her. I've had clients do that. It's the way around. It's the one way around the system, I guess, if you will. But, right. um, right. you know, that's it's going to be solely up to you and your particular facts. But I mean,
3: but where I'm going to be a jerk? Uh, because I have that right. Because she's been not nice to me over the sure, last I, nine years,
2: dude. And I you get know, that. Kind of
3: saying, and, and my my daughter is actually all for it. It's kind of funny. So. I would called you before, going through a bunch of court stuff. She was molested, and I talked to your staff before.
2: And I remember talking to you, yeah. Yeah. It, it, so,
3: when,
2: you're, when you're ready to do that motion, man, yeah. give me a holler. We'd be happy to help you be a jerk on that. That's not a problem.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding.
1: Hey, Scott, <laughs> have a great day, man. Hey, we aim yeah, to please,
2: all right. buddy. All right, buddy. See you later. Thanks so much, man. Uh,
1: Rebecca's on, has a question about birth certificates. Rebecca, you're on okay. with Jeff Hinsley.
3: Hi. So Hi. I married a guy that uh, is from Pakistan. And uh, I moved to Pakistan and lived there for 11 months. I moved back to the States, and I have not seen or contacted him in two years because I'm going through a divorce. I've met somebody else, and I'm with that other person, and we now have a child together. Now my situation is I can't put him on the birth certificate because I'm still currently married. I haven't heard or seen from my husband in two years, and he's still in Pakistan. Is there any way that I can do that without having to do a uh, denial of paternity?
1: What an interesting question, because wow. we're talking about an, a birth from someone of another nationality.
2: That doesn't bother me. That's not that's that's the easy part. That no one, no one cares about that. It doesn't matter whether they're whether he's uh, in Pakistan or not. I've dealt with these issues, especially when they've been in like in Mexico or Central America, things like that. that right. That's not the issue. What I'm trying to think is, I mean, essentially what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get a divorce. Okay, um, what's going to have to happen is is well, you've got an interesting question because you've got a guy that. Is in Pakistan that you don't know where he is or even if he's alive. And then he needs to really sign a denial of paternity. Your new guy needs to sign an acknowledgement of paternity because you're still married. Now, when is the child due?
3: No, I've already had the child. Oh, you've already had the child? Yeah, I just had the child in December. So I, the lady at the, I was so drugged up when I was at the hospital. And the lady was just like, Oh, you're still married? Well, then I can't put him on the birth certificate. I can't put your new guy on the birth certificate. You have to put it as uh, nobody. Right. or I had to put your husband, and I'm like, well, why would I put my husband? I haven't been with him in two years.
2: If 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 he hasn't even been around to consummate it for there to be any positive... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If that doesn't matter? No, okay. if the child's born during a marriage, it's,
3: it's a product, product
2: of the marriage, technically. By law. By law. I mean, obviously, biologically... Well, you can, okay? <laughs> Here's the long way around it. I mean, and I would have to do research for a quicker way, but my off-the-cuff, right-here answer would be, Get a divorce, okay, and we'll deal with the the child in there, and then marry the new guy. New guy, we could then around turn uh, immediately turn around and file an adoption, have your ch- your guy adopt the child, okay. I mean that's one way to do it. Um, I'm trying to think of a different way. I mean. But those are two answers right there. One is find him, get the divorce, get a right, denial paternity. Right, the other is
1: get divorced, get married, and do the adoption.
2: And you really have no idea where if he's where he is in Pakistan, I mean, with family members or anything like that?
3: I haven't contacted him in two years. He knows we're going through a divorce that I have to pay for, which is like 500 bucks. So, like, he knows that I'm not with him anymore. Well, I just haven't been able to contact you him. You don't want to I do
2: love. the $500 divorce with this kind of issue, okay? They won't get it right. They'll screw it up. And you need to give people like me a call so we can get this done because you've got a far more complicated issue than you realize. So give me a call. I'll be in the office uh, the rest of the day. Give me a holler. I'd be happy to walk through this. There's got to be a quicker way, but I've got to figure out. I've got to make one quick phone call to somebody about the denial issue. But, I mean... The basic kicker of it is there's ways to make it happen. It's just going to take a little longer than, you know, snapping our fingers. So, but we can make I it happen. He,
3: I thought he could just go and do a paternity test and then it shows that he's a father and we could do that. But, all that's, right, I'll That's give only you one portion of it because
2: it's only yeah. one portion of it because you've got a, a, somebody who's had a baby with you that's not married to you. So we've got to deal with the actual biological father, or non biological father, the legal father, signing a denial. So give me a call later today. We can talk more about it. All right, Rebecca. Thank you so much. And there should be a point that you hit that
1: I want to reiterate. And is when this type of situation, where there's a li- little bit more twist to the pretzel, you don't want to <laughs> like hire that. a you I like don't, don't want to hire a lawyer or a, a, a company that advertises on a corrugated board on the corner right. to help deal with your divorce. If that's the way you choose to do it, that's fine. But understand when it's just two people and there's no kids and no possessions, maybe that's okay. You might find someone to justify it, but the more
2: legal loopholes you've got to deal with, you need someone that understands and Absolutely. is an officer of the court. Absolutely, and this is, this has a lot of interesting little issues because you've got somebody that she doesn't know where he's at. I mean, we could try and find him in Pakistan. That's a possibility uh, to get him to sign a denial. I mean, that's one way to go about it, but when you get in international countries, it's a little harder to go finding people. It's not—they— they have ways to do that, especially if it's through, you know, I don't know if this guy is also an American citizen or not. If he is, we could use the American embassy and whatnot, but it, it's it's a lot harder issue. Uh, let's see, a couple of texts that came in.
1: It says, how strict is Oklahoma on parental kidnapping? Mom and dad weren't living together, but not legally divorced, and mom took the kids out of state to Missouri last Christmas Eve and didn't tell dad anything until after they were there. And then dad finds out mom took her new boyfriend with her and the kids through uh, Facebook. Is there
2: anything dad can do? Dad can file for a divorce. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds crazy, right? But it's not kidnapping, okay? The, the Anti-Kidnapping Act is very specific as to what kidnapping entails. And a lot of people think that when people run with kids like this across the state to go be somewhere else or with family members or whatever it may be that it's kidnapping. It's not. okay? There's there's very specific issues and details that entail kidnapping. This is not one. Is it it crappy as all hell? Absolutely. Go ahead.
0: Is it um, if you're if you're related to the child, then that
2: negates it being no, kidnapping? Cause, no, because, I mean, you read about these stories where, for example, I read one recently where mom ran with the daughter and had been living in Mexico for 20 years and those kind of things. I mean, that actual, especially when you go international, that, that's kidnapping. Okay, that that's a, a kidnapping thing. But um, when you're talking about a, a spouse that leaves to go to another country state because that's where their family is. And I'm, I'm assuming that's probably what happens because people don't just typically up and move to another state like that with kids unless they've got a support system they're going to. So with that being said, I'm going to assume that's the case. And, and what dad needs to do is dad needs to file a divorce. Now, I don't know how long they've been in another state. If they've been there six months, he's going to have to deal with it in that state. Um, if not, then he needs to file here in Oklahoma. We can deal with it and, and whatnot. Um, some judges will call, will force the people, the, the wife and the kids to move back. Some won't. It just depends on the judge and the specific facts behind it. I mean, there may be maybe physical abuse or something we don't know about. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying there's a lot of holes that we've got that we need to fill in. But dad needs to file a divorce. That's the first thing he can start to do, and we can try and get the child, children back across state lines, especially if they haven't been out very long. It sounds like if she's only been there since Christmas, we're talking about you know essentially 45 days, Um, or less. And so they don't have jurisdiction yet. He needs to file in Oklahoma to get this going to get her back.
1: How does the court see it when two people are married, but they're separated? Does a custody agreement or a temporary custody agreement need to be in place? And does the law where the
2: um, the mother always has custody if nothing's in place. Does that play an effect as well? That only applies to paternities. It doesn't apply to di- uh, apply to divorces. Divorces typically the uh, the rule is is that parties have fifty fifty until the order comes down from a court in a different way. So in other words, he needs to file for divorce and get a temporary order in place because right now they both can play hide the ball with the kids until there's an actual yeah. temporary <laughs> order in place. I mean, it's crappy, but it, it happens. happens all the time.
1: And it's not. I know plenty of scenarios where people are divorced do have custody and take the other child somewhere to grandma's for Christmas that's across straight state lines without the knowledge. And right. the other partner sometimes thinks that that's not fair, but you're saying that's not kidnapping and not necessarily against the order.
2: No. Well, I mean, if there's an order in place and they take and don't return, then obviously we file contents, we file applications, we file a writ of assistance to get the kids back, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's there's an actual order in place. There's a lot. There's some remedies that we can do that we don't have if there's nothing filed yet. Okay, there's extra things like writ of assistance and whatnot to get those kids back. Saying she's wrongfully withholding the children from dad or wherever it may be, but I mean the whole process centers around dad's got to file something to get to get it started. Otherwise, the longer he waits, that state is now going to have jurisdiction. Now he's going to have to go out of state just to have the divorce and get the kids back. So um, there's a, it, there's kind of a time is of the essence thing. All right. Uh, Jeff, thank you
1: so much for coming by. If anybody needs help with a divorce or custody or spousal support, uh, you can go ahead and give Jeff a call at 398-5692. Anything from spousal support, maybe maybe you're a grandparent and you think you have some rights. Jeff can help navigate that. Just mention the show and he'll give you a free consultation over the phone. Jeff, have a great week. Hey, thanks.
0: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?